0: with Ashley Frasca.
1: Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff.
0: On 95.5 WSB. Love spending my Saturday mornings with you. You know I do. And I bring you some cool stories, and I find a lot of these cool stories on social media, but also because of you and the tips that you give me. And I really want you to meet this special man from Huntsville, Alabama. His name is Rodney Smith. Maybe some of you have heard his story, Raising Men and Women Lawn Care Services, and the website, weareraisingmen.com. Rodney, welcome to Atlanta Radio. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me. It is so exciting to have you I've been following you for a while And I just want to tell folks, Rodney I went back through your Facebook posts, And about this time, back in 2015 Can I read folks the post that you wrote? Sure July of 2015, ladies and gentlemen Rodney says, so today as I was driving I saw an elderly man outside cutting his lawn It looked like he was having a hard time doing it Due to the extreme heat I pulled over and I finished it for him And after finishing it, it meant so much to him I've decided that from today on, I will be cutting lawns for free for the elderly, the disabled, single parents and veterans. So if you know of anyone who is any of these, contact me. I'll be sure to get their lawns done for them. And Rodney, that gives me chills because here we are so many years later and you are still at it. And you are huge. Congratulations. Oh, Thank you. Thank you so much. Tell me about that day, if you can remember that day all those years ago, back in 2015. I mean, where were you, were you on your way anywhere? Did you already have the mower and the truck? What was going on?
2: Yeah, I was leaving school at the time, just driving. then I came across this gentleman named Mr. Brown. He's outside mowing his lawn and struggling to put over and the mower. And, you know, one smart economist wound up changing my life forever.
0: And did you go home and say, I'll be right back, i got to go get some lawn equipment? Or did you have everything oh, no, with
2: you? I no, use, I use, he was using his own lawn mower, so I... I use tears to finish the lawn.
0: And then talk about just that spontaneous act of kindness that you did for Mr. Brown that day, how mm-hmm. you walked away feeling. I mean, tell us how good that felt.
2: Oh yeah, it was, it was a great feeling, you know. It's something you can't explain. You know? So I felt, felt the need to, you know, share it with the Facebook audience and uh, to show them what I've what done that day and what I'm gonna, gonna do from now on. You... Once more, the kindness, of, like I said, changed my life forever.
0: And you kept that promise.
2: Oh yeah, I did.
0: <laughs> so I love your social media posts on the Facebook page and on Twitter, raising men and women lawn care services. Whenever you take a photo of yourself to this day mowing grass or you know helping someone in their lawn, you always say "making a difference, one lawn at a time." Like that's that's your phrase, and you really yeah. know the impact of that. Um, talk about what it was, what the process was to start up a nonprofit. Was that kind of an easy thing to do with what you were looking to accomplish?
2: It was a little difficult at first, but um you know, everything worked itself out. Had lawyers step up and help us form our non profit organization. But yeah, everything worked worked itself out and here we are today.
0: And this non profit stretches well beyond Huntsville, Alabama now, now that we're in twenty twenty three. Kids from all fifty states, right, Rodney?
2: Yes, ma'am. Yeah, there's at least one kid in each state. Um, Texas has the most kids, it's like one or something, maybe five hundred something now. Uh, I'm not too sure offhand, but yeah keeps running up all across the country and it's not just mowing in the fall or winter, we also include raking leaves and snow shoveling. What's wow. the long giving back?
0: And in Hawaii you've got four. So literally all fifty states, even if they're not contiguous fifty states. You yes, get man. the kids involved. Social media helps out a lot with that and the website we are Uh tell yes. us about the fifty yard Challenge and how that brings kids into to your program.
2: Yeah, the 50-yard challenge is basically a challenge to kids to mow 53 lawns in their community for the elderly, disabled, single parents of veterans. If they accept this challenge, all they do is make a sign saying, I accept the 50-yard challenge. And in return, we send them a white raising men or raising women's T-shirt along with safety glasses and their protection. So it's set up by the karate system. Every 10 lawns they mow, they got a different color T-shirt. So the star for white, and then an orange 10, green for 20, blue for 30 a red for forty shirts, and once they move fifty lawns they got a black t shirt. And then when they move fifty yard jobs wherever they are they are in the United States and they give them a brand new mower, weed eater and blower for completing this uh, fifty yard challenge.
0: A lawnmower and a blower.
2: No more weed eater and blower.
0: And a weed eater. Now how do you get how do you obtain those?
2: Good people around America that um they purchase these items from our Amazon wish list, list and when they ship to us and then once they kid complete the challenge, you know, I take I take it to them.
0: And how do you track? I mean, is it kind of the honor system and the parents kind of pitch in, like, Mm -hmm. as they keep track of the number of lawns they've mowed?
2: Uh, Some kids are tricky. (laughs) (laughs) We we require them to uh, take a picture of them in action uh, before and after of the lawn. And if the homeowner is up to uh, a picture with the homeowner, and then they submit them each time they do a lawn. So that's how we keep track of.
0: That is fantastic. And how do you think, Rodney, these kids go about, like, you know, I mean, you've got to kind of give them a little bit of leeway to do their own thing cuz you're so busy you can't manage all of them but how do you think they go about finding the people that need the most help how do you recommend them find those people in need
2: oh well, just use social media you know social media is a powerful tool you, if you make a post saying I'm moving free lawns with a 50 yard challenge you know a lot of people oh i know what that is that's great and you know they start sharing the post and or it gets it wrong quick
0: it does, and someone always knows someone else that's in need. Oh, yeah. So this is great. And again, who qualifies for you know having assistance with their lawn maintenance?
2: Yeah, so the LD, disabled, single parents, veterans, first responders, and active duty uh, military.
0: Talking with Rodney Smith Jr. of Alabama, and on Twitter he is at I am Rodney Smith. If you want to follow, follow him there, the Facebook page Raising Men and Women Lawn Care Services, and you post some fantastic pictures of people that you help in your community, and some of them yeah. are repeat customers. You get to be friends with these people, and you know these people. Oh yeah,
2: after you keep moving someone's lawn for for a while, you know you get to know them, get to sit down and chat with them. So you know you get you really get to become like extended family in a way
0: And what is the biggest reaction You ever got from a a, a homeowner Tell us about that time
2: Oh I can't uh, I don't even know for real <laughs> I just mowed so many lawns
0: And I mean bringing people to tears In some cases probably
2: Yeah I mean Yeah especially those lawns Where you know, the grass is really overgrown really You know, Maybe one lawn in particular Like last month or two months ago An elderly man uh, He had his his grass Was growing since last year
0: <gasps> Wow
2: It was real real hot I no, really appreciative When I came by And the mother
0: law Yeah, there's yeah, something sure. To be said for, you know Pride in the way Your house yeah, looks And yeah, the yeah. way your yard looks Right
2: Yes, ma'am
0: I want to go back To this wish list That you have On the website mm-hmm. WeareRaisingMen.com If people scroll All the way down I mean, people can Purchase some of your swag And support the cause Mm -hmm. By wearing your shirt Wearing your hat And all that kind of thing But you scroll all the way down To the bottom Or close to the bottom You see Amazon Mm wish list And Walmart wish list So tell Mm -hmm. us about Some of the things That are on that That you need for these kids
1: Walmart, we
2: need a blower Safety glasses uh, It's a package like school supply package that we that we recently started giving out. We started something called More of the Month. So each month one could is selected as the More of the Month and they receive a brand new laptop, a backpack school supplies that are there from my Amazon listers. Wow. And a t shirt and a plaque.
0: And I'm curious to know, in the eight years mm-hmm. you've been doing this for, you mm-hmm. know, raising men and women lawn care services, um, have any of the bigger manufacturers or lawn companies taken notice and donated anything to you?
2: Yeah, you know, there's been a few of them. Toro has helped our organization in the past, um, breaks and Stratton Been in talks with all the lawnmower companies as well, but nothing has formed yet, but never knew what might happen in the future. But yeah, there's, there's some that um, take notice.
0: Okay, so if you are talking to one of my listeners right now who has <laughs> a young son or daughter that wants to get involved, um, how old do they have to be to get started? And then are there any videos? Or like, what if they know nothing about mowing lawns, but they want to do this? How would they start? <laughs> Yeah,
2: so we take on kids ages 8 to 17. Okay. The younger kids, sometimes we suggest, you know, they can stop, stop by picking up trash and stuff. You know, if you don't feel comfortable with your child being on a lawnmower, they can pick up trash, they can break leaves as well. If they want to get started, they know nothing about it. You know, just suggest to the parents, you know, show them how to do it. Show them how to do it. If you don't know what you're doing, you can also ask someone in your neighborhood and you know, just teach your child how to do it.
0: Yeah, I can't think of anybody that would turn down a cute little 12-year-old being like, will you show me how to start that lawnmower? Like, you'd think someone would jump at that chance, right? Exactly. All right, and in eight years, Rodney, um, again, mm-hmm. I don't mean to put you on the spot, but can you maybe remember one or two kids that you literally met when you started this seven or eight years ago, and they have come back to you and said, this this program changed my life, or I was on a headed toward a weird path, and this straightened me up? I don't
2: get too many stories like that, you know, where they come back and tell me how they change. Because most of them are still young um, and in uh, middle school or even high school. So, But I'm sure, you know, once once they grow up, once they hit the real world, and you know, I might get a few of those few of those calls on how the organization might have changed their lives. But um, I know for sure that some parents tell me many times that the program has played a huge impact in their child's lives by, you know, just them getting active in the community, going outside and meeting people. They normally wouldn't have met because, you know, we, we require them to find their own. It, it gives them the opportunity to, to go door-to-door sometimes, just actioning around. So they're getting outside their comfort zone and, you know, like I said, meeting people they normally wouldn't have met. I have received calls or there's a just saying, oh, a kid, a kid program came by to mow my lawn today. And I really appreciate it because, you know, a lot of people that we mow for, they can't afford it. So when we can come mow their lawn for free and now frees them up and they can use the extra funds for food, medication and things like that.
0: That's incredible. So, I mean, just the numbers on your website, I want people to get on there and just see the difference that you've made and all of these young kids have made. WeAreRaisingMen.com. Over 25,000 lawns have been mowed for free by Rodney and his little army of kids all over the okay. United States. Um, Rodney, so, yeah, tell people how you want them to keep up with you and your story and the help that you need.
2: People want to contact us or find more information. They can go to our website at WeAreRaisingMen.com. Find us on Facebook at uh, Raising Manidemi, long-term service, and, yeah, I just encourage people to, you know, if you have kids that are doing nothing for the summer, I know some of them are over already, but, you know, you can sign, a, sign your kids up. Even in the fall or winter, you can still sign your kids up and have them give back to their community. And with a lot of high schools now, they're requiring, uh, what is it, community service hours to get, in, you know, for the last senior year, and even some colleges are requiring uh, community service. So what... What better way than to do some pre-normaling um, for those that need in need in your community? So I encourage people around Georgia, encourage kids to sign up.
0: Rodney Smith Jr., who is the founder of Raising Men and Women Lawn Care, 501C3, all the information's right there on the website. And if you know of somebody, you know, a kid that's in your community that could use this, and then you know of people that need the services, the elderly, the disabled, single parents, uh, folks who have fallen ill, veterans. Rodney, uh, congratulations. I mean, your story gives me chills. I'm absolutely <laughs> thrilled to be able to get in touch with you and have you Just tell thanks. the Atlanta listeners. Thanks for sharing it with us.
2: Oh, well, thank you guys for having me on, and I greatly appreciate the opportunity.
0: Yeah, God bless you and have a great weekend
2: You too, have a nice
0: one Making a positive impact for kids all over the United States Thank you, Rodney Smith Well, coming up, the top three things to do in the landscape this weekend In the last half hour of the show I am joined by University of Georgia horticulturalist Bob Westerfield And we're going to go through some myths in the landscape What to do, what not to do Stay tuned You
1: know you can listen to Green and Growing, Atlanta's Morning News, and all your favorite shows. On your smart speaker, tell it to play 95.5 WSB, and we're on.
0: 95.5 WSB, Atlanta's news and talk. Here's Ashley. I'm Channel
1: 2 Action News Chief Meteorologist Brad Nitz. High humid this weekend headed to 95 with scattered storms today. Tomorrow, more isolated coverage of showers and storms and high 97.
0: The update on this weekend's weather brought to you by Finley Roofing.
1: Green. Green and growing Ashley Fraska's top three things to do this
0: weekend Aside from hearing from all of you This is one of my favorite parts of the show And I was actually at a meeting not too long ago Where a lady stood up and said On the radio this weekend The lady said to do XYZ Did any of you hear that? And I kind of raised my hand and I said that's me I'm that lady (laughs) But I I do take this all from very good authority Number one, cobwebs in your trees Well, that's webworms They're eastern tent caterpillars They build their webs over branches and leaves to feed And you notice the leaves gone But there's rarely permanent damage to the tree So just get at them as soon as you can If they bother you When you see their webs, try knocking them down That's going to be tough on taller trees Number two, to harvest sunflower seeds, you want to let the flower dry on or off the stem And harvest when the back of the head turns brown All you need to do, rub your hand over the face of the sunflower and pull the seeds off or use a fork And number three, start seeds of cool weather veggies now Like broccoli, cabbage, collards and lettuce in order to transplant those into your garden in early September and a couple of weeks ago on the show, I talked about all of the resources that are free online through the University of Georgia Extension with the College of Agricultural and Environmental Sciences. Well, all you need to do is go to extension.uga.edu. Go to publications. You can search anything. And, of course, my guest coming up, Bob Westerfield, has written so many of those for UGA. we'll talk about some of the things he's written about, but specifically when it comes to vegetables Look up under publications, vegetable planting chart All of the things that can be grown in Georgia How many days it takes for them to mature And the planting dates Spring dates, fall dates Pertains to each vegetable in the garden that'll Kind of help keep you straight and also There's another resource on their website That's the vegetable planting chart But another one vegetable garden Calendar I kind of use as a cheat The University of Georgia goes month to Month January through December What to be doing with what vegetables In the garden in the landscape at that time So really good resources again kind of to Keep you honest (laughs) on UGA Extension's website and also not too Long ago on the Facebook page when you search Facebook Green and Growing WSB I I shared a post from our friend Walter Reeves The Georgia gardener What a great resource he has For ways to tell if your things are ready to harvest or not I want to give a quick shout out too, to all of you Our WSB Radio family Our listeners for making this 23rd annual WSB Radio Carathon Such a huge success what a whirlwind it was these last two days Broadcasting from the Children's Healthcare of Atlanta Support Center All of the money that you raise goes towards the Aflac Cancer and Blood Disorder Center And it's not too late You're hearing that this weekend and thinking Oh, I missed the Carathon Not too late to donate Please just go to wsbradio.com Carathon And help these wonderful, brave kids out More right here Stay tuned on WSB
1: green and growing with ashley frasca plants flowers trees and stuff on 95.5
0: wsb right back hopefully you didn't have to wait too long hey it's ashley frasca green and growing on wsb last half hour of the show i'm away today but recently i spoke with bob westerfield who is a horticulturalist at the university of georgia does so much great work and i met bob Not too long ago when I underwent my classes to become a master gardener He came and spoke to our group about gardening, vegetable gardening And I was making notes to myself and thinking this would be a good topic for the radio show Because we hear a lot of myths, right? We hear a lot of things that we need to do to our soil or your flowers or our plants And they may be crazy, they may be spot on I don't know, so Bob, I'm going to make you the final authority on this one of the most common different things around the home people may use outside Epsom salts, just willy nilly applying that to the soil, coffee grounds, eggshells. Where are we at with those things? <laughs>
1: They call it wives' tales or, or, you know, old tales and so forth. And some of them have got legitimacy to them. Others, you know, you have to kind of think out the science behind it. So they're not all bad things. And there are a lot of publications that we don't write, we don't endorse, that are out there that talk all about these little home remedies. And to some extent, yeah, they can work. But you also have to look at what is the long-term effect. So um, Epsom salts, that's magnesium sulfate. You know, it's basically a mind chemical or element, natural occurring that is used for a lot of things, for like sore muscles in a bath. Yeah. You put it in the bathtub or whatever. So people drink it for stomach ailments. Okay, there's a lot of different things. Um, But people said, oh, I heard you put it in a garden. The plants are going to do really well. Well, here's the thing. Again, it's magnesium and it's sulfur, sulfate. If you are delinquent on those micronutrients that are in the, you know, those, those elements that are in the soil, yeah, it possibly could help because you need those elements in small quantities. But if you're putting it out there and you've already got a good balanced fertility, you've used maybe like a premium fertilizer that's got, you know, micronutrients in it. There's no reason in the world to put it out there. In fact, you could overdose with that and cause issues. We always emphasize soil testing through our county offices. Right. By soil testing, you're going to get a good look at where the nutrient values are, where the pH, which is the alkalinity or the acidity is. And from there, you can make a really good um, educated guess that, hey, yeah, adding this uh, magnesium sulfate, this, this Epsom salts is going to help. Eggshells. Uh, people want to put eggshells in the garden because they heard, well, I, I heard calcium is right. really important. In, and and I think I heard there's calcium in eggshells. Yes, there is. If you just put raw eggshells in the garden, the chances of that calcium being released any time within the the life of your vegetable uh, is, is going to be slim to none. If They have to break down. You would be better off if you kind of crunched them up into powder and put them out. But you have to realize that in order for these organic sources of fertilizer, it has to be completely biodegraded. So make a long story short, It has to be chewed up by microorganisms, and it's converted from that organic form into inorganic form before a plant can utilize it. Coffee grounds are sometimes used, if you were putting coffee grounds in your compost pile, I think that would be fine. Coffee grounds, in general, are slightly acidic, so if you just kept pounding fresh coffee grounds into your garden spot, your azalea, your tomato um, you're gonna start lowering the pH. You're gonna acidify the soil, which is not a great thing usually. Why would we do coffee grounds? It does add some organic matter. And there is a slight bit of fertility in coffee grounds So there's actually some nitrogen release when it's put out So it's one of these, yeah, I think it could help if you did a little bit of it But doing too much would probably be detrimental So I would rather see the coffee grounds going into a compost pile Mixed in with other elements, leaf clippings and whatever else you're putting in there And then eventually put out as humus or finished compost
0: Great answer, I love that And really folks don't necessarily know or think about What nutrient it is that's in that ingredient And yeah, exactly, how it affects the balance of the soil Another one, you and a a colleague years ago Had written a really good publication on water conservation You know, when we go through dry Mm -hmm. spells Love that people get creative with how they're watering their gardens And their lawns and things, rain barrels and what have you Springs, well water But you know what's Mm -hmm. kind of been a thought of folks too Is using water from a dehumidifier in their home And I just didn't know if there were any concerns with any kind of, you know, chemical that may show up in that water And then you're watering your vegetables with it What do you think?
1: Well, that's a great question You know, there are supplemental water availability that you can get You know, one is the dehumidifier One is from the air conditioner unit that's putting out condensation Oh,
0: yeah
1: All those are fairly clean waters And I would have no problem using those at all From kind of a legal or non-legal standpoint You have what's called, you know, black water and gray water There's not going to be a ton of what I call usable water coming out of like, and you, you wouldn't be draining normally outside anyway, but like, you know, sink water with all kinds of soaps and detergents and grease that might have come through there. I would not use that. Certainly any water is coming out of a commode or something, certainly we're not going to use that. That's black water. These waters that are coming from condensations, dehumidifiers, air conditioner units, or rain barrels, you know, they're particularly coming off the roof I don't have a big problem with that. Realize that some people, you know, will put up like a fifty-gallon barrel next to their house, coming down the downspout. I'm gonna water my garden with that, and I'm like, well, good luck with that. Unless your garden's, you know, like three feet by three feet, <laughs> it's probably not gonna be enough to get the job done. so You're yeah. gonna still have to supplement it. The one exception I'm gonna say for rain barrels is there's been some talk or smoke about if you've got older roofs that have got suspicious oh. shingles or any kind of, you know, roofs are made out of. If they're not metal roofs, they're made out of a petroleum mm-hmm. basically. Uh, You know, that's what shingles are basically, uh, oil based. You know, it might not be the best thing to be running off of that into a barrel into your vegetables. If I just had to put one thing out there, I would say I use the rain barrel to water my flowers, my non edibles, and I would stick to maybe the water from the air conditioner, the dehumidifier, or from my well, or even city water for my edibles plants if that makes
0: sense. Yeah, that's definitely thank you. Some some good food for mm-hmm. thought. And we do have to be cautious with how we advise all of you when you ask questions about that's things right. in the landscape. You gotta think, you know, what's the basis of the place of origin of a lot of the things you're thinking exactly. about using and really think about safety. Um, one more that's kind of annoying, Bob, and earlier in the conversation mm-hmm. we talked about, you know, this myth of adding sugar to your lawn or plants and they that's can right. take up that sugar. Not really the case. And you mentioned boy, does that draw the ants though <laughs> Folks that are doing containerized gardening get really aggravated with ants taking over the soils, whether it's in the pots, whether it's in a bag of potting soil that's been sitting around. Is that a threat to the plant that's in the container? And then if it's just annoying, how do you get rid of them? In
1: most cases, they're not really there to pester the plant, believe it or not. And I get a lot of calls from folks like, even in the vegetable garden, i I got a bunch of ants, I need to know how to control them on Mm -hmm. my okra or they're coming up, you know, my squash plants. They're not there to eat the squash. Um, What they're eating is this. You've already had an infestation of something else that's taken place, like stink bugs, leaf-footed bugs. They're sucking the juice out, and as they're doing that, they're excreting an enzyme, Ah. or they're putting out a little bit of a sticky chemical. That sticky chemical is somewhat sugary. Those ants are coming up that stalk to get to the sugar. They are not eating your plant. They're eating the deposit from a bug that was eating your plant, if that makes sense. If you were an ant, would you rather build your house in hard red clay that you could barely penetrate, or would you rather go into some nice loose potting soil that someone provided <laughs> you to go on a porch?
0: <laughs> the latter. I'm
1: going for the easy. yeah, I'm going for the easy digging myself. A lot of them will be attracted to the looser soils because they're building tunnel systems in there and simply it's a way easier to mine in there than it is, you know, to do it in the hard soils. Um, as far as control. From a non, let's not worry about you know kind of environment or organic side of things. There's plenty of products that can be sprayed. You know, insecticides that are available. Primarily things like bifenthrin, a man-made pyrethrin, basically pyrethrins. You know, they're natural. You can use pyrethrin. They're expensive. That's a naturally occurring organic one, or a pyrethroid, which mm-hmm. would be like bifenthrin, cypermethrin. Like they got all these fancy names. But make sure they're labeled for use in whatever you're using it for, vegetables, flowers, and shrubs, so you can use chemicals. Or from more of an organic-y standpoint, you could use stuff like boric acid, a toxin to insects when they eat it. It needs to have a carrier with it, though, which means if you took like a little jar top and put peanut butter in it and mixed a little boric acid, the ants will come to it. If you just spread boric acid out there, they probably won't touch it. It would be like very unattractive to them. So borax would be a potential for control. Some people say right. boiling water. Yeah, I mean boiling water would kill them, but it's going to affect your plant possibly, and it could affect you. If knowing me, I would probably have <laughs> drop half of it on my foot or something. So I wouldn't go there. The little bait stations that they sell, ant hotel type things, certainly I don't think it'd be any problem at all if people wanted to put one of those attached inside their container. And, and I'm going to throw one more out there. My wife's all the time dealing with ants in containers. We've got yeah. tons of container gardens around our house. And coats are the outside of her containers with Vaseline. Know. I mean, even if it's like a one-inch band around... Those ants will hit that Vaseline They'll either get stuck or they'll turn around They don't like it
0: <laughs> That's a really good one
1: So there's there's a potential organic bombshell for you right there That you can use so little Vaseline around the container She exactly. makes
0: you a little bit smarter, doesn't she?
1: Oh, she's she got all the good <laughs> tricks so, yeah, Exactly <laughs>
0: Please tell folks how they can either follow you online. I don't know if you're active on social media or how again they can access Not much. some of the <laughs> good for you. Yeah. You're um, too busy. I'll tell you the
1: best way. And you know, if someone has a question, I think their first recourse is, is to get with a local county extension mm-hmm. agent. And the way it normally works is if they have something the agent cannot figure out or they need a site visit from a specialist, they're going to contact the appropriate specialist. If it can be grown vegetable wise, I probably wrote a pub on it. Yeah. So they can get a hold of me. No, so, I mean um, the, the
0: website through the University of Georgia Extension is so right. wonderful. Again. Extension.uga.edu Click publications Type in the topic It can be a word It can be a couple words And you'll come up with publications From Bob and others That'll really send you In the right directions Plus like you mentioned earlier Bob Y'all recommend varieties For northwest Georgia For central Georgia For coastal Georgia Of different fruits and vegetables Things we may want to grow That do best in our zone That's right Get back to it And thank you very, very much Like I am just so appreciative Every time We covered a lot of great stuff And maybe next time We'll get you in one of those vehicles And get up here And get in the studio
1: That's right We'll have to do that (laughs) I enjoyed it Have a good one
0: Love spending my Saturdays with you So we'll be right back The top three things to do In the landscape this weekend Plus what's coming up On the shows For the whole month of August I've got some exciting things planned Some really neat people I'm going to have you meet So stay tuned For the last final minutes Of Green and Growing On WSB The WSB News and Traffic Teams will keep you updated all weekend here on 95.5 WSB. Listen first thing Monday at 5 a.m. for those important news, weather, and traffic updates.
1: Now back to Ashley Fresca and Green and Growing. Hot and humid with afternoon storms and highs in the mid-90s this weekend and into the work week. I'm Channel 2 Action News Chief Meteorologist Brad Nitz. My complete forecast is coming up on WSB or anytime at wsbradio.com.
0: The weather update, how to plan your weekend, brought to you by Finley Roofing.
1: Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Here's your garden to-do list this week.
0: I remember it like it was yesterday. It wasn't too long ago. That was a group of middle schoolers from Mill Creek Middle School in Woodstock, and they're now high schoolers. I don't know if they listen back to themselves on that or not. Oh, speaking of back to school, it's coming up soon, man. I think Tuesday, August 1st. Some of the ones in Metro Atlanta, including folks in Cherokee County, go back and First week of August, second week of August Busy back to school, we won't talk about that though (laughs) Sorry kids, how about we talk about the things to do Number one, start seeds of cool season veggies Like broccoli, cabbage, collards and lettuce In order to transplant those to the garden in early September And if you want to go to the UGA extension page Which is extension.uga.edu A great resource if you Google or look up under publications Vegetable planting calendar That's really going to help you out Number two, you can harvest sunflower seeds from the flowers Let it dry, though, on or off the stem Harvest the seeds when the back of the head turns brown And you just kind of rub your hand over the face Pull seeds off or use a fork to do it And number three, cobwebs in your trees Well, webworms or eastern tent caterpillars They build their webs over the branches And they feed on those leaves And you notice the leaves gone They will defoliate a cherry tree like nothing But there's rarely any permanent damage to the tree Get at them as soon as you see their webs Try knocking them down That may be a little more difficult to do Though with taller trees Uh, So coming up in two weeks I am not with you, August 12th But I have a full show for you and we have four Saturdays to spend together In August, so I'll tell you, in two weeks If you liked what you heard from Bob, he and I Just a real casual conversation about Garden myths, we're going to go over a whole lot More for that show on August 12th And also in the month of August I'll be speaking to someone from the U.S. Geological Survey Now you think, what is that? Well, this group of folks is really studying Due to flooding events or hurricanes How invasive species move onto our continent, we are still during Hurricane seasons, that is certainly relevant It could be seeds from flowers. And weeds it could be amphibious Things it could be any kind of insects Things you didn't think about and of course My resident expert, my favorite bug guy Dr. David Coyle is going to join us Next Saturday, he'll be live in studio To take your calls on insects And some of the projects he's doing with Clemson University Just over the border, but he lives in Georgia So he knows a lot going on We'll talk to Becky Griffin I bring this to you every year, so proud of the efforts that she does With the Great Southeast Pollinator Census That's going to be a huge deal The weekend of August 18th and 19th A lot of garden clubs and master gardener groups Throughout the state of Georgia are involved Involved in this to really get the excitement up About pollinators and pollinator gardens And so those two days, August 18th and 19th, Becky Griffin Is going to tell you what you need to do How fun it's going to be, how simple it's going to be And getting people involved as citizen scientists So that we can have a little bit better Research on things, so lots coming up In the month of August, and I hope too As summer is kind of winding down You still have the kids, you want to stay busy Lots of really good garden opportunities too I never want to miss an opportunity to mention My website WSBRadio.com Slash green and growing You can see blog posts Some of the questions I've gotten from you With some fabulous pictures Trying to diagnose What's going wrong Scroll down a little bit further And there's events right And you click on that events page And all of the workshops And garden events And classes And opportunities That I'm made aware of I share with you Most of them are free Really, really great ways to learn Meet people with the same interests and hobbies as you WSBRadio.com Growing. check out the page That does it for me on a Saturday Again, thank you so much for making the 23rd Annual WSB Radio Carathon Benefiting the Applied Cancer and Blood Disorder Center at Children's Healthcare of Atlanta Such a huge success Our staff and our hosts pour our heart and soul Into that and it's not too late to donate WSBRadio.com Carathon, appreciate all of you so much Have a great weekend